1: hello welcome to the broadcast nice to have you along for the ride today 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate you can always follow me on twitter at jeffy mra facebook jeff fisher radio and instagram jeffy mra thanks to uh Michael Pelka, for uh, you know, warming up the broadcast for me. There's nothing like I come in and he says, I'm the warm-up act for Jeff Fisher, and then starts talking about family members who have passed away. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. There's nothing like that. Boy, that warms up the old the old showtime right off the bat. So, anyway, we're, I, I don't know where to really start, so we'll just start, okay? Um, you have a new su- Supreme Court justice. Uh, it took place uh, yesterday. He'll be sworn in Monday in two ceremonies. Uh, he'll be sworn in uh, by John Roberts. Great. Uh, Going to administer the oath uh, to the new justice at 9 o'clock uh, in a private ceremony. And then, of course, Justice Anthony Kennedy will give him the second oath in public at 11 a.m. And, of course, you know, Gorsuch was a, a clerk for Kennedy. Uh, Back in the 90s. And rumor has it that, uh, you know, since uh, Kennedy has one of his clerks now on the court, he may retire. So eh, you never know. The big Donald Trump may have another Supreme Court justice to run through. And there's already cases on the docket. I mean, he's going to say, I do. Yeah, I'm going to be the Supreme Court. Uh, I solemnly swear, follow the Constitution, and he's going to get to work. So I hope he's moving in this weekend. Uh, hopefully he already is. I mean, the truck should already be there cleaning out the office, getting things ready to rock and roll because he's got work to do. There's five big pending cases already, uh, that they're going to have to deal with. So, uh, remember who got you there, Supreme court justice Gorsuch. Don't forget about the constitution of the United States of America. Anything else going on? Oh yeah. Syria. That's right. Um, Tuesday had a big chemical attack, sarin gas. So everybody saw that video. And if you haven't, you either don't want to, which I don't really blame you, or you just haven't been awake because it's everywhere. And uh, even you know the president with his little little babies uh, that changed his mind to attack now. Uh, you know, what does this do? In the beginning, when it first happened, I remember thinking, "Oh boy, here we go." That's what we didn't want. But it does. If it's a if it's a one time deal, it does kind of put the U.S. back into the saddle again, rather than just standing next to the horse. Uh, for the past eight years, we've kind of stand, you know, just stood next to the horse, and uh, pretended that we would ride it. Um, to use, I don't know where that analogy came from. It was just back up on the horse again. Um, so it does kind of send a message: Hey, we're not going to mess around anymore. Yeah, I know Russia's, you know, saying they're disappointed, and they, you know, what are we doing? And and uh, it, it, it does, uh, you know, hey Assad, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to mess around anymore. Uh, Soviet Union, yeah, I know you don't like it, but uh, here's the deal. We're not going to put up with it. Uh, and then uh, Kim Jong, funny man in uh, North Korea, does kind of say, see, we're not messing around. Trump had uh, the prime minister or the president or the extreme ruler or whatever his title is over there in China, number 11. G uh, Already sitting down at dinner. <laughs> I would have loved to have been, uh, you know, at the table, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, President Trump. Uh, we just, uh, we just, the missiles just launched on Syria. Oh, hey, uh, gee, uh, by the way, uh, we just uh, launched uh, some missiles on Assad in Syria. How's the stake? I mean, what <laughs> it just strikes me funny for some reason. I don't know. So China's got to keep. Funny man in gear over in North Carolina. Nobody wants not North Carolina. I did it. You know, I did that the other day too. Called North Korea, North Carolina. You know what? We're not going to bomb North Carolina. Just be clear, we're not going to do that. I don't care how many transgender people get pissed. We're not going to bomb North Carolina. It's not going to happen. But I know that there's some. You know, one of uh, one of our experts, Jason Betrill, who will be uh, joining me tonight for a special broadcast that we'll talk a little bit about in a in a while um he believes that north korea is a you know a tinderbox that once that's opened there'll be massive loss of life and he makes a good case for that he makes a darn good case for that and so i mean that's a frightening frightening thought so hopefully china can ke- keep keep uh, kim jong in line i mean that's that's what they were supposed to have been doing anyway and we're just getting news uh, now, that uh, the site of the chemical attack uh, was hit again. Um, so we're not sure uh, if it was us, who it was, what's going on. Um, but might not be such a good time over there in Syria. And I really don't know. It's so funny. I saw a couple of uh, a couple of uh, social media tweets. That people all wound up at Donald Trump, some of his big supporters. This isn't what we put him in office for. You know what? It really is. I mean, I'm, I'm not a – he's the president of the United States, and I haven't been, and I'm still not really a big fan. But he is the president of the United States. And we did put him in office for this, to make decisions to hopefully keep the United States, uh, you know, a world leader. And not to be, uh, you know, standing next to the horse but up on the saddle. And a lot of the social media was all wound up at Donald. And then a lot of them were saying, you don't even know where Syria is on the map. You couldn't even find it. You know, A, it's <laughs> probably true. The uh, only thing I know about Syria is that uh, when uh, one of the first times I was in Israel, I remember being up on the Golan Heights and looking down on Israel and seeing how important it was to Israel. Uh, because they had taken it back from Syria. And you just sit up on the Golan Heights. I mean, Syria can just sit there and bomb Israel, which they did uh, and have done in the past, by the way. Uh, it's not like Syria is, uh, you know, hey, come here for a vacation. And you get up on the Golan Heights and you look down on Syria, and it looked, at least what you're looking down at from the Golan Heights is beautiful. So you kind of think, man, maybe it is a vacation spot. No. No. <laughs> Not, not really, not really. And the way the government was set up, uh, I know that they are thinking they're going to get rid of Assad and talk about a regime change. but the way that government is set up, it's just going to be you know Assad's cousin. So there has to be some some other big changes uh, before you actually get rid of the uh, the Syrian government the way it is now. What else is going on? Is there anything else happening in the world? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the possible uh, terrorist attack in Sweden. You know, there's nothing going on in Sweden. Nothing <laughs> happening over there. Everything's fine. This whole multicultural thing is fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm sure that that truck plowing into, a, plowing into the stores and killing people and shooting people, that's fine. That's not even, it, you know, maybe, it sure it could be, sure it could be terrorism, but probably not. Wait. It is? Yeah. So now we've got uh, uh, ISIS supporting Uzbeki, father of four, has been arrested uh, before another suspect is led away in handcuffs. They've got, I believe, all four, three or four suspects in custody now. Uh, Some of the video was just amazing and you see you know exactly what they've called for in the uh, you know in the Isis flyers hey one of the ways we could cause terror is take vehicles and drive them in we've seen that uh, several times around the world now maybe they're following orders you think no that's very possible duh so it kind of bodes uh, kind of bodes well to uh, t- President Trump and, uh, you know, we all remember his tweets of, uh, on Sweden. And what? Everything's fine? What are you talking about? Donald Trump, we want, a, we want an apology. Everything's fine in Sweden. Oh, okay. Okay. One of the things that's happened as well uh, in the last couple of weeks is uh, U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson directed all U.S. diplomatic missions to identify populations, uh, warranting uh, increased scrutiny. He also ordered a mandatory social media check. We got to hand over their password so we can uh, look at all their social media. Uh, you know, good, good. So we're not we're not banning them. We're just doing increased scrutiny, right? Good for them. Good for them. And of course, I mean. How can I start the show without? I mean, I know we had the terrorist attack. We had the military strike in Syria. Got a Supreme Court justice, a new one, a new, you know, a new Republican constitutionalist that, uh, you know, we finally got in office. Donald Trump pushed him through. But Don Rickles. Don Rickles passed away. He was 90 years old. Now, at first I thought that not a lot of people paid uh, any tributes to Don, but as I started doing some background on Don last night, I realized that many people did some great tributes to Don Rickles uh, yesterday. Uh, and good for them. Uh, it is well-deserved. And... uh rest in peace Don Rickles at 90 years old now I spent the better part of an hour hour and a half last night going through going through all these Don Rickles clips and we could spend the next three hours just playing Don Rickles and, and those of you drinking coffee now eating your eggs going oh dear god no Jeff don't do that I won't I'll play a, just a couple of clips uh just to pay homage to the man um I loved the stories of how he got started, Uh, just being a comedian. And he said he was playing at a place in, uh, I think it was Philadelphia. And it was a striptease place. And they would uh, put six or seven comedians up on the stage. And they would all you know, take turns telling jokes. And he wasn't getting any laughs. And so uh, he saw some lady doing something in the audience. And he just ripped on her. Uh, And everybody laughed and had a good time. And he thought, ding, that might be a way to go. And, you know, for the better part of, what, 50, 60 years, he did that. And sure, he wanted to be this serious actor. And sure, he did TV shows and movies. Yeah, but, I mean, he's done Rickles. So, one of the favorites that you will enjoy was at the uh, President Reagan's uh, second inaugural address, second inaugural party, uh, he performed there. And apparently he performed there because uh, Sinatra was the one who was instrumental in his career from almost the beginning. Uh, Sinatra said, hey, uh, let Rickles, give Rickles five minutes. Don't tell him what to say. He won't disappoint. And he didn't. Uh, He was introduced by the little black kid Webster. Uh, Really funny. Uh, Webster introduced him, talked about a guy who, you know, would uh, insult even little kids like me. Rickles came up. Webster, still standing there with the mic, says, be funny, and hands him the mic. Uh, of course, Don's reaction was, you know, <laughs> I should have actually grabbed that clip out of it, was the uh, first black person I've ever met that's never going to play basketball. But then he also uh, <laughs> he also did this bit, and it's funny who was all there. Uh, and of course, he goes through the crowd.
2: Remember when you were governor and you used to walk out to my table? <laughs> now you're big and you're getting on my nerves. I'll tell you this. Is he laughing? If you see Marines coming towards me, go into glory, glory, hallelujah, and shoot Webster. Anyway, nice to see you, Secretary Schultz. What are do you doing in the town? Anyway, uh, He's sitting there like there's nothing going on. Get busy. <laughs> Go over to the embassy. Have a bucket of beluga. Anyway, uh,
1: Cold War records.
2: Secretary of State here. So <laughs> and Billy Graham. Nice to see you, sir. <laughs> this hand is bothering me.
1: Billy, <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway, laughs> heal me. Tremendous.
2: It could have been a picture if I've talked to this guy. It's Tremendous. great though. I make fun of the president. Why not? I make fun of everybody in the world. That's America. Laughing. Charlton Heston. I'm a friend. It's over. I'll tell you this. <laughs> if you were Moses, I was a Mau Mau fighter pilot.
1: He uses that line a lot. Because he was in World War II, by the way. Just so you know. down with the Navy.
2: Elizabeth Taylor was backstage in a Cleopatra outfit, killing snakes. I'll tell you this. <laughs> oh, there. And Tom Selleck was under the shower going, look at this. The water runs up. I'll tell you
1: this, is this too fast running? Is this too fast running? But amazing uh, that they were all there for the party, uh, including Selleck, who, I mean, Tom is still doing well. And you think, I think Don Rickles, man, he is like the last of the breed, right? I mean, that group, he's got to be, that's got to be the end of of the, the era of the of uh, the Sinatra gang, right? Gotta be, I don't know if there's another one. Is there another one around yet? I don't know, I don't know. But the last clip uh, when he leaves uh, the inaugural, uh, when he leaves the stage for uh, President Reagan, uh, what he says uh, tells you a lot about who Don Rickles was.
2: To you are, dear President, may God be good to you and yours for the coming four years. And beyond that, you're a great gentleman and a great credit to the country. May he give you health, the almighty, and may you reign as long as you wish. God bless.
1: Don Rickles, rest in peace at the age of
2: 90. This is
1: The Jeff Fisher
0: Show
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Six
1: fifty-three.
2: The Jeff Fisher Show.
1: One last, uh, one last little update on uh, Don Rickles. Uh, I would uh, wish the family um, or whoever is in charge uh, of the Don Rickles website, uh, donrickles.com, dot com. Maybe a little update. I'm guessing Don isn't going to be performing in Las Vegas in February. He's not going to be performing uh, at the River Spirit Casino in November. Guessing, just guessing, that that isn't going to uh, <clears throat> isn't going to be happening. And I know it's been a couple of days. I got it. You know the family is still still in shock. He was 90 and had kidney failure. You knew it was coming. Um, so maybe just update the website. Just just a little bit, and I, you know, I wonder if the app is still up and running. Who knew Don Rickles had an app, Mister Warmth app? I, I may have to, I may have to download it just to see if it was worthy of uh, of having it on the phone. It wouldn't be bad for a you know a ringtone. Answer the phone, dummy. Something, but please update the website, please, please, dear Lord, for all that is holy. Update the website. Okay, coming up. Uh, Coming up next half hour, we're going to talk about a story that has, uh, I, I saw the headline and I thought, I knew it. I've been asking for this forever. And I'm not sure if it's life imitating art, art imitating life, or if they're just intertwined now. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, but uh, it's definitely going to happen. I'll watch. And I'm betting so will you. And it'll be fun to watch. However, what I wanted is not what they're doing. And so, I mean, I guess they didn't call me. Uh, you know, maybe these people that are doing this particular show didn't listen to my show. <laughs> I know. I know it's a surprise, but uh, they're from Russia and probably, you know, probably had some internet issues, couldn't hook up to the show or anything. You know, they couldn't go to the blaze.com slash radio and just download the show. It's too hard
0: for them.
2: This is the Jeff Fisher Show.
0: Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Jeff
1: Fisher Show. Okay, so I'm told that the, the Pat and Stu promo is is uh promoing my pigeon story because they, they didn't believe me. Can you play that? Please? Yeah, would be it'd be nice. I know, I know it takes a while. Let's go to the promo section of the of the, the system and it's PNS. Uh, you look also go back and just copy uh, hold down uh, hold down uh, the left click on the promo that just aired on Next Gen and just drag it down and play it. I don't know if you know how to. It's not that difficult. Let's go to the spot block that just aired. Anyway, uh, they didn't believe me about my pigeon days. But I remembered one of the things that we talked about on the air was I was trying to remember where I had been talking about pigeons recently. And then it came to me as I'm driving home uh, that evening that it was part of (laughs) it wasn't new people raising pigeons at all. It was the Walking Dead, uh, Talking Walking Dead podcast uh, that you can download, uh, theblaze.com slash radio, uh, Talking Walking Dead. Uh, We discussed the possibility of the garbage pail people uh, raising pigeons or Negan raising pigeons. And that's how his little, the little birdie told me uh, his information. But so that's, you know, got me thinking about raising pigeons, which then brought up the pigeon story. See, they got mad at me because I, I, I did a story that everybody knew was fake and I just did it for fun and they got mad at me. And then we ended up talking about, and I know it's a surprise uh, that uh, Pat and Stu would, you know, be upset with the story that I would do. Uh, most people, along with myself, don't like them. But go ahead. plus uh, two, I want to hear the promo. Don't miss. And stew. There's a new pigeon story out there, actually. <laughs> there's a new pigeon story <laughs> out there. I uh, couldn't remember what it was. The story you're referring to is the, the squirrel, is, is the squirrel. What is going on? Someone story. just
0: told me a yeah, pigeon story yeah, the other day. Why would you say that on national television? Because <laughs> I
1: remember the pigeons. Uh, you know, I, I used to raise yes, pigeons I did. with the old man You're once. mixing Wait,
0: yourself what? up with a movie you saw once. <laughs> Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Yeah, yeah, we know it airs, 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Ah, We got it. You can watch it live on Blaze Television, noon to (sighs) 2. Okay, when I was a little kid, there was a guy who lived down the street from us, old man Wallace. Used to work for the railroad. He's retired. He loved he loved me it wasn't anything to do with what you think in today's world, okay no, it wasn't and we used to next door to his house we would always be playing baseball, football, whatever sports he was a big sports guy, and so I ended up talking to him as he was sitting out on his porch now he was in World War one, and what he did in World War one was take care of the pigeons and that's how they communicated during World War 1. So he still had his pigeons up in his garage. And so we had to go up and clean the cages out. I may have called them nests on the television program. We had to clean that all. And he also owned some horses, and I used to go to the fairgrounds and clean out the horse stalls. That's how I made money as an 11 12-year-old kid. I remember going to my dad and saying Mr. Wallace wants to know if I can go to the fairgrounds and clean out the horse stalls and he's going to pay me. My dad looked at me like are you dumb? <laughs> of course, you're going to be doing that. <laughs> I've got to care how many stalls you have to clean out for money. You're 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 12 years old. You're going to be going making money. Get out. In fact, go start now. That might have had more to do with him. Just wanting me out of the house. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's where the pigeon thing was. And then you know, of course, we'll be talking. We can talk a little bit about the pigeons again tonight, as we have a special talking Walking Dead broadcast tonight, nine to midnight. Uh, right here on the Blaze Radio Network, uh, the usual podcast gang: Jason Buttrell, Brad Staggs, with Sean Foster. We've got a couple guests scheduled. We'll be talking, covering, uh, covering Walking Dead, beginning to end, uh, where we're at now at the end of season seven, and we're just having a little fun, talking a little bit uh, Walking Dead. We're gonna be—I I know what we're gonna be doing. We're going to be talking Walking Dead, and uh, so join us. It'll be fun, and then we're also going to give you a Facebook Live. Uh, at the top of the hours. Uh, so you get a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on here at uh, the Blaze Radio Network during our Talking Walking Dead broadcast. And we've got, I've got all my little trinkets I'll have set up. I've got, uh, I've got Lucille uh, ready to bring out. I've got my, I've got all the nice little trinkets. And of course, you know, if you want to party with us, you can just, you know, go to jeffyfisher.com, J E F F Y F I S H E R.com, and get yourself a Talking Walking Dead t shirt and party right along. And who knows? Who knows? We may. We may give away a couple of those t shirts tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for years, I have been a proponent of taking prisoners and blocking off a, a huge chunk of land. And letting them fight it out. You know, real-life Hunger Games kind of thing. And so, you know, then Hunger Games came out, and it was, I mean, great, right? I mean, all of them were really good. I know some of them were a little sad, but, you know, you enjoyed you enjoyed the, the, the whole process of the Hunger Games. And while my Hunger Games may not have involved Jennifer Lawrence, uh, they did, and which made theirs worth watching. Um, however... And 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 people, you're crazy to be doing that. You put in a couple of double fences. You film it all. People will watch it. You know they will. You put prisoners out there, you, or you put them on an island. Whatever you want to do, some place where they can't get away. And the winner walks away. The winner walks away. They got to get off the island, right? In so much time. Well, adventures. Here you go. Real life Russian Hunger Games called Game Two. According to the Siberian Times, and who doesn't? I mean, seriously, the Siberian Times, I'd subscribe. I don't want to miss a word from the Siberian Times. 15 men and 15 women will try to survive on a Russian island through the winter to win $1.7 million. I don't know if it's worth a million, but it might be for some of you. Temperatures during that time gets as low as minus 58 degrees, and the area is crawling with brown bears. Contestants will be giving a knife. Warm pair of clothes. I mean, why don't we just give them a house? At the beginning of filming, ah, there we go. Now you know you're going to be watching it. You know you will. You can choose from survival gear. Uh, They give you some stuff to choose from. And you will be on your own for a shelter, food, and what kind of safety you have. Well, now the organizers say, hey, we're going to have a ground team on duty. We'll have a helicopter for emergencies. Um, I'm trying to think where that local hospital is in Siberia, but probably right around the corner. Uh, They say they won't always be able to get there in time, however. Oh, no. Uh, There are no rules regarding murder, sex, or fighting. Now, they, in this story, they say, but contestants could face charges uh, should the Russian police choose to pursue. So let me get this right. If I win and I've killed a couple of people doing it, do the Russian police let me walk away and give me $1.7 million or do they arrest me? I wonder what will happen. wonder what will happen. Anyway, ah, they're going to let you walk away. Those who are alive at the end of nine, nine months. Holy cow. Nine months? Some of the contestants from around the world include a real estate agent, an economist, a professional. This is is not a real story. This disappoints me. A professional blonde. Come on now. it's Not a real story. Jeff, it's from the Siberian Times. I know. That's what I mean. A swimming coach. Student, a sportsman, an actress, a security office, officer, and an Air Force vet. That's not a real story. This is very disappointing. I want this to be real. I want this to be real. Fifteen men, fifteen women. I mean, when you get when you get a real estate agent, a security officer, and a professional blonde together, you can throw out all the rules. You can throw out all the rules. Come on. No way this is real. Nine months, one point seven million. Yeah. Although if it was a fake story, they'd, they'd probably say like five or six million, right? Because one point seven million doesn't seem like a it doesn't seem like a lot of money. Oh, what are you? Some kind of rich guy? No, but one point seven million dollars. I mean for what you'd have to do to get it? Seems a little low in today's world. A little low. You're not you're not living the rest of your life in uh you know, drinking hottie drinking little, you know, your little hottie totties uh, all, all all day for one point seven million. I mean you have to actually live on ten bucks a week. <laughs> you got a knife, a pair of warm clothes. And at the beginning of filming, you can choose from survival gear. You're on your own for shelter, food, and safety. I mean, it doesn't talk about how they're going to track them. They got to be able to track them, right? You got to have the Hunger Games. You got to have the. You got to have the track in. You got to be able to. I'm telling you, if you do this, if even if this isn't real, this should be, because. You don't need to create, like obviously we don't have the Hunger Games that we're going to create. Let's create a a giant herd of wild animals that nobody's ever seen before so they can fight them. That's yeah, not going to happen. But you could follow them, right? Uh, you've got GPS tracking. We can look at, uh, you know, we can look down from uh, from uh, cameras and we can follow bodies running around on the island. We have it all, care. I mean, it would be tremendous. Tell me you wouldn't watch. Raise your hand if you wouldn't watch. That's what I thought. Of course you would. I mean, Netflix should, this is a Netflix show. We can't condone murder. We tell them you can't murder. Only if you want to win. Then, you know, something happens by accident. I mean, if you're protecting your own life, hello, right? So this ticks me off, though, that it's not real. Why do you think it's not? Some of the contestants from around the world include a real estate agent, an economist, a professional blonde. Stop it. A swimming coach, students, a sportsman, an actress, a security office officer, and an Air Force veteran. Sad. Man, I wanted this to be real.
2: You're listening to the Jeff Fisher Show,
0: the Blaze Radio Network.
2: The Jeff Fisher Show.
1: Okay, so I, I go to the website. TheBlaze.com. And I, uh, I click on the video, the 37-second 37, the 37 video of the real-life Hunger Games. Now, as we go through it here, it talks about they're creating real-life Hunger Games to be broadcast online in July. They show me 15 men, 15 women fight for 1.7 million in months in the Siberian winter with a picture of a brown bear. And then they get to the contestants. Contestants range from military veterans to businessmen to an actress. They don't mention the professional blonde, however, they do show a blonde female. They show a brunette female that looks more like a professional blonde than the blonde does, and they show some survivalist guy. So, I mean, it is possible that uh, you know it's real—the real-life Hunger Games, the uh, the game to winter. Now, it almost uh, to be honest, uh, it's either. Right? I mean, uh, we'll finish the video. No rules exist against physical violence, but Russian police could charge them once they, the show's over. Yeah, we got that. All right, we're going on. We will show the picture of uh, you know Russian military. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, and here we go. Presenters announce. Uh, here's this kind of presenters announce tips for survival over loudspeakers around the five square mile island. I mean, I would rip those loudspeakers down first chance I got, but that's just me, Mister Survivalist. And they will announce competitions in which contestants can win prizes from sponsors. That's kind of Hunger Games-ish. Now, I would say, all right, keep going. And at the very end, they show a little, you know, a little cabin, a log cabin, a survival log cabin. Uh, is this all a hoax? Do you think it could be real? Okay, come on. You know, of course, what I think now is that the actual game, of real human beings are not real. This is either a a movie, but I don't think so. I think it's probably uh, I think it's probably got to be a video game, right? I think it's got to be a video game, a game to winter. Okay, and you're out surviving. You got to survive uh, in the in the wilderness of Siberia, and they you know then you win prizes and you move on. But I want it to be real life human being. Now we should do this with. Uh, we've got the we've got the eight people in Arkansas, the eight death row inmates that are. We, you know, we're going to juice them anyway. We send them out, give them a chance to fight back and win. Fence them in, give them cameras, everything, the whole kit and caboodle. We film it, we view it, call it what you want. I don't know what you what you. I mean, the real yeah. You can't tie it in with Hunger Games because then they're going to want money. And i you know they've made enough money off those damn movies. Why do they need to make more money off of my idea? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, we'll see about the real-life Russian Hunger Games. Game 2, Winter. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. And it's not an April Fool's... I mean, the Blaze printed it on the the 5th. So I guess maybe, you know, maybe that's April 1st uh, Siberian Times Day. I don't know. I'll have to go back and see if my subscription has run out because I don't remember getting my April 1st Siberian Times email. I need to re-up my subscription.
0: This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.